Welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Insiders Podcast. It's time to learn from Ryan and Lucas how to become a short-term rental property host and start a successful vacation rental business. Get ready to learn and be the best host you can be. And now your hosts, Ryan and Lucas. Hey again, it's Ryan. And this is Lucas. And we're back with another episode of Vacation Rental Insiders. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today's discussion is going to be about short-term rental, as we call Airbnb and VRBO, versus long-term rental. Long-term rental meaning tenants, leases, six months, year, two years, whatever the case may be. Yeah, they have have the STR, they have an MTR and an LTR, so... STR is under 30 days, MTR is 31 to 90 days, and anything over 90 days is considered a long-term rental. Right. Um, In some cities, 30 days plus is considered long-term rental, and that is uh, a conversation for another day. But um, there are some towns that uh, will refer to you as an STR when you're under 30. Gotcha. Versus versus over. So it's an ordinance thing. It's an ordinance uh, benchmark, so to speak. Um, So... What is the uh, what is the point of bringing this up when we are fifty some odd episodes in? Uh, the reason we're bringing this up is because we're revisiting a topic a little more in depth uh, regarding if you own property or you manage property as a professional property manager, um, why would you switch to short term versus long term? Why would you stay long term and not go to short term? Okay, so this is a little deeper dive, right? Yeah. Okay, yep, yep, so yep. Uh, let's start with the advantages of short-term rental, um, and then we'll get into the advantages of long-term rental. Let's do it that way. How's yeah. that sound? Okay, so item one, um, this is the part that we've been we've been beating this drum from day one. Short-term rental versus long-term rental has the potential for higher rental income overall. We say potential, and I emphasize potential, because your market, your space where the listing is uh, located, is going to dictate whether or not it actually is more than uh, long-term rental. Uh, Personally, in my experience, every single property I've converted has done significantly more income than long-term rental, and it's not even close. Yeah. It's not even close. Well, for me too, in any property that I've transitioned long-term to short-term, it's done significantly better uh, short-term rental-wise. Uh, but there's also a little bit more flexibility uh, with a short-term rental versus long-term rental, especially if you're in the you know home share uh, region or, or just anything. If you want to block off dates, uh, you got family and friends coming into town, you want them to be able to use your property to stay, you block can block off. off the dates. Yep. Um, so in a long-term rental... Or if rental, you're doing room share, you can just decide you don't want anybody there Yep. for a period of time. You're like, I've had enough of this for at least a week, block it off for a week. You've made enough money in the last couple weeks or you don't, you don't need somebody in there for a week. You just could enjoy your own your own place. Or if you need to do maintenance on the house. And that has happened at all of my rental properties where I've had to have some kind of maintenance done and it's scheduled maintenance. I can easily reach into the calendar, click the days off a month from now, two months from now, whatever the case. And I can let my subs in there to go do the work they need to do. And nobody's affected. Whereas if it's a long-term tenant, you're going to have problems with uh, them getting upset at you. For taking away the use of their home. Yeah, so the, the short-term rental, you're going to get a lot less wear and tear than you will for a long-term Well, that rental. too, but I, I'm just talking in terms of scheduling and the flexibility as far as getting that work done. You yeah. know, it's, it's much easier. So 
Um, oh, and then, oh, you are jumping into the next item. Yes, less wear and tear. My bad. Well, I went right into it because you were like, I'm going to go do maintenance. So I was yes. like, you know, less wear and tear. You know, you're able to get in and fix things before a 12-month vacancy period right. ends. Right. So you don't walk into an absolute disaster. You know. Yeah, that's gonna... the problem with long-term tenants. Sometimes they aren't very good at telling us as landlords that something is wrong. We went into a house one time that some guys had lived in for 12 months, and the uh, utility room had water, uh, you know, on the floor and it just kind of walked itself over to the drain and it wasn't uh it wasn't like it was flooding and i i look at the tenants as we're doing a walkthrough at the very end and i said how long has this been the case that this this floor has been filled with water and they said oh, it's been that way a long time but it just went right down the drain so we didn't bother and it's the bottom of the water heater had rusted out oh god and they hadn't bothered telling anybody well, be thankful. Why don't you tell me that? You know what I mean? It's be really thankful he wasn't in a 18th floor condo. Right. Tripping <laughs> exactly. Out, so. so you know, it's it's the 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 wear and tear uh, is not necessarily because long term tenants are harder on things, but they are. But it's not that. It's the fact that you have an opportunity every time you turn the property over. Your cleaning crew or yourself is going to go in and you're going to see that something is broken. So if a blind has a has a crack in one of the blinds or, or the handle's missing or it's completely broken off the window. You're going to run over to Home Depot or, or Menards or whatever the case may be, whatever store you buy your blinds from. You're going to buy a new blind and you're going to put it up right then and there. Yep. You're not going to come in at some point and find that there's 18 things broken. Correct. When one little thing is broken, like you had a door handle the other day. Yeah. It's fixed. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> you're not going to wait six, seven months to find out it's, it's not. And, and things like door handles, when they break, if somebody continues to use it and doesn't call you to fix it, it starts to damage the actual Door. door. Yep. Okay. So this is a perfect example of when you have a short-term rental property, something starts to degrade, you can then nip it in the bud right then and there, and now you don't have a compounding problem that costs hundreds of dollars. Yeah, you can be thousands. very you can be very preventative. Correct. In maintenance. Correct. Correct. Um, reading here that you got uh, you know you get some tax breaks and deductions on being a short-term let versus a long-term let. Um, but you're gonna have to check your county uh, for that. I don't know necessarily if in any of my counties um, have a uh, you know tax breaks other than you know your normal write-offs that you will for. A well, you're gonna have tax things. breaks in, at a federal level um, and an income tax level at state level. I don't know if that is necessarily pertaining to county as far as uh, tax breaks that they would give you a. I don't think they're gonna give you a break on property taxes per se. Property expenses are always going to be deductible against a short-term rental because now you're well, yeah, a and you're going to have a business. Lot, you're going to have a lot more expenses in the short-term rental game. You know, if you're right. providing the toilet paper and stuff like that, that's all Correct. tax deductible. Every single cleaning income. supply, linen, cleaning service, it all becomes deductible. Not that it isn't in long-term anyway, but it's a more, uh, it's a larger window of uh, opportunity for write-offs, 100%. Got right here. You contribute to sharing the economy, which uh, you know you're 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 hiring jobs. You're hiring a handyman. You're hiring a cleaner. Um, you're hiring people to help you out, which gives them uh, jobs, puts money in their pocket as well as yours. Yeah, uh, the short-term rental business is is you know, very prolific. Property management. You're supplying income to other people yes. um, to help you out versus long-term rental. Typically, maybe there's just a manager and the management company may be helping it out, but uh, I would suggest that you're contributing more to the income of other people. I would agree with that. I, I have um, right around six people that count on my business for an income. I don't know what your number is. I know you have check-in agents and, and cleaning staff as well, but... Oh, I have I'm, several cleaners, several check-in agents, uh, several handymen, so, you know... Right. I, there's right. quite a wide variety. I mean, that that has just expanded for me, and and it keeps expanding, and so people are able to share in the 
the you know the wealth the proceeds and, yeah. the, and the money that I've made absolutely um, lastly here on the advantages you know you're able if you don't live by you're able to automate uh, the majority of your listing via property management whether that's a smart app uh, a smart channel manager like owner res or logify or hiring a management company and and realistically you don't even have to do anything you know right. you, you got a manager on the ground like me over there in florida mm-hmm. and my owners just get a check from me every month right mm-hmm. so they bought something and now it's cash flowing yeah for as them, the owner you're automated yep um so you're you're getting less um and the the owners that own the properties that i arbitrate in um they have less phone calls from me regarding maintenance because again i'm going to handle those little things in the past, when it was long-term renter um, to short-term rent, or, or long-term to long-term to long-term, every time there was a turnover, um, I would have to hit them up for every little repair that was on them. You know, every little door handle, every little blind, every little everything was on them. In a short-term scenario, if something small breaks because of an Airbnb guest, I absorbed that cost for them because it was my guest that broke it. Okay, so the as an owner, they are now getting seamless revenue without interruption and, and harassment about little uh, you know well, issues. and that leads us right into the you know advantages of long-term rentals. Uh, on the flip side here is consistent income for those uh, for those owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get consistent income from a landlord, but if you're a landlord listening right now, you might be better off either one switching to a short-term rental and running it yourself, or doing rental arbitrage and letting somebody like Ryan or myself come in and we pay get, you a rent. pay you a consistent income, which in itself is a long-term lease. Uh, but at least that's consistent income coming in for you. You know, you're not you're not worried about you know how many nights you're going to have booked out of the month. Right, it's um, not your problem. You it's know. ours. So let's run a scenario. Let's talk about that. What what's a what's a good breakdown of how this works? So let's say you're a rental owner and you've been long term renting it. Maybe you have a property management company, but they're taking their cut and you're getting your check. But what happens every eleven months? Every twelve months, I should say somebody's going to move. Yep. Okay. So let's say you're running your lease from March of 2020 to March of 2021. It, it, it is a known fact in the long-term rental business that there is generally a period of time between tenant A and tenant B moving in. It is rarely a same day rental. The only time people move out one day and then somebody new moves in the same day or the next day is in a small, like one or two bedroom apartment where they can send in a crew to clean the carpet, touch up the paint, and move on. That's not happening at houses. Well, That's even then, at the, at town, the townhouses that I rent, um, they're two weeks out. You, they got right. two weeks to they come need in. Two weeks. Sometimes it's a month. And you don't want to, if you're a landlord, you don't want to schedule somebody right back to back on coming in because you don't know what you're going to get the property back like in in that condition you might have especially right now getting any sort of cabinetry in or an appliance is like pulling teeth right now with all the supply shortages so exactly you're definitely going to be out some money there on a vacancy while you wait right it's been my it's been my experience that on a 12 month calendar of rentals when you have a year-long lease and a year-long lease start and, and subsequently keep that flow going you generally are actually getting 11 months of revenue you're not getting 12 um if the tenant is really good you might put them on a two-year lease and extend them one more year after the first year um but in that scenario you have a different problem enter you may have captured that extra month of revenue without a turnover and without maintenance on the turnover but that extra month of revenue you've traded off now for a tenant that has been there longer and as my famous saying goes they're going to grow deeper roots yeah okay you know you're going to get a house that potentially needs 
a solid uh, like painting turnover, appliances turnover, um, things are going to break in that period of time. And we, I'm just not a huge fan of people staying multi-years. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, an advantage there may be less turnover, but in my eyes, you know, you I would want more turnover because it gives you chances to get in, make sure the property's in, in good condition and you're not going to get the property back in, in, uh, in you know, absolute junk condition. Right. So, I mean, less turnover. You don't have to deal with as many people, but you're likely going to have that many more repairs when you do get back in. Right, um, right. Whereas if it's short-term rental versus long-term, you're, you're just... If, if a guy like me is renting it from you on arbitration, that check's coming every month. It's just coming. There's it's no coming every month and things are getting fixed. And, and, and don't forget, this also implies that if like at, like at your units, it's a seven-day minimum in most yeah. of your condos. I don't have a seven-day minimum per se. I've got two days in most of my properties. Um, that means that there's there's the opportunity for two to, you know, anywhere from one time to three times at, at, at the max per week. A professional cleaning company is coming in to a rental property and polishing it up so that it is perfect for the next guest. They are the cleanest, sharpest units in my portfolio. And the owners that that flipped them from long-term to short-term and did the money they would do at a normal turnover where they paint, they do everything they're supposed to do at turnover, they have walked through these properties two years after they've turned them into short-term and they look exactly the same. Yep. I, well, I pride myself on my owners uh, being able. I have an owner right now. He bought in January, spent seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. They were really worried about it being a short-term rental, although that's that's why they were buying in the building. But they never done anything like that. And I said, it's my job to not only make you money, but give you this condo back in the same condition when you come to vacation Correct. yourself. They are now back there for the first time. The only thing missing is that door handle we talked about because I'm yeah. here in Minneapolis and I'm like, that's something I'll do. I don't want to have my, I can't have a handyman in there on the weekends. So I was like, I'll just do it when I get back home. Um, but they're like, wow, our condo's in almost the identical condition. We left it, yep. except the carpet. Uh, you can't really do anything about the carpet. People are coming to it from the beach. Um, but that that leads me to, uh, you know, are, are the long-term rentals easier to manage? Um, you know, you got to communicate with less people for sure. Uh, but again, if you're an owner, you can just default that to a management company. Yeah. Um, so that's- it, it does qualify as a benefit of long-term management. It is easier to manage. There's less staff. There's less people involved. Now, yeah. We talked about the microeconomy that is created by a short-term rental. Well, the microeconomy is good for the neighborhood. It's good for the community. We're putting money back into the neighborhood. That's great. But if you're looking at benefits and, and analysis, that is actually a benefit of long-term rental because there is fewer moving parts. Um, but you will have a flurry of activity every year once there is turnover. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it comes with the, the, the STR world comes with uh, the higher income potential there, which also comes a little bit more work uh, than what a long-term rental is going to be there right. in the easier to manage part. And that's part of the long-term rental as well. Less turnover. It's just once a year. But, you know, there's a trade-off for that. Um, there's typically no need to furnish the unit if you're doing long-term rental either. Um, that is considered a benefit again of long-term rental over short-term rental. Um, but now you've got furniture getting moved out every year and your doorways and your hallways are getting dinged up. I have actually opted to furnish the long-term rentals. Uh, both of the rooms that I have, uh, were on Airbnb, but I found two great long-term tenants that I make great money from. Um, and I furnished, uh, the rooms there. So, uh, both both rooms are furnished, and uh, I, I find that as a, a better option. I think that's the easiest way to do long-term as well. I Back when I did long-term at my home instead of room share on Airbnb, um, I, I did it the same way. Well, I and I got like, that the from bed's my... The there, the nightstand's there, 
There's a desk. This is what you get. Yeah, right? well, I went to college in Rochester, Minnesota, and uh, they the apartment that we rented there, they were furnished. Mm-hmm. They were furnished. Uh, you know, both both apartments that mm-hmm. I got in Rochester were furnished, and I, I've kind of always lived that way coming in from college. Uh, so I just kind of, that's the norm. I'm going to go out and buy the furniture. I'm going to decorate it the way I want it to be decorated, and, mm-hmm. and then I'll charge a security deposit if they break any of the furniture, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of leads right into that next point. When you're doing a long-term rental, you can charge a fairly high security deposit, typically two months' rent. Um, to cover yeah, minimum one month, yeah, for minimum sure. one month for sure. Um, but in often cases, you know, anytime I've gone to rent, they're like, we need two months mm-hmm. uh, rent security deposit. You know, and, and that protects you from a lot of damages. But again, if you're going to have a long-term tenant in there for a long time and they grow up, Ryan loves to say roots, mm-hmm. they do a lot more damage than what two months is going to cover. Oh, it can um, happen very easily. And let me tell you the psychology behind that real quick. The years and years and years of property management experience, um, I, I'll tell you right now, some of these folks, they, they get one little dent, ding, scratch, bang up something, whether it be an appliance or a wall or a cabinet, they tell you about it. The first one, they, they tell you about it. And they tell you, I did this. And it costs, you know, you, you say, okay, well, don't worry, we'll take that off the deposit, 100 bucks, whatever it's going to be. Yep. The second ding, they consider whether or not they want to tell you. Because what have you told them already? You're going to take It'll money from off them. the deposit. Yep. So they're in their mind, they're saying, okay, my deposit's 1000 bucks. I'm making this number up. They're like, I'm down to 900 They ding something again. They're down to 800 They ding something again. They're not calling you anymore. They're down to 7 They ding again, 6 It's in their own mind now. And then the big, the big things start happening. Doors and cabinetry start getting completely ripped off. Uh, shelving inside the cabinetry goes missing or gets damaged. Or they spill food cooking oil all over the bottom of one of the cabinets. I'm not making any of this up. This has all happened. And at that point, they're just like, yeah, well, it's going to come off that $1,000. I'm good. They destroy the oven. They stop cleaning it. The entire range is just destroyed. The inside of the fridge is a science experiment. They just don't care anymore. And then they think, well, there's only a couple hundred bucks left in my cleaning deposit. That's about what a cleaner would cost. I'm not even going to clean the house when I leave. And then you get a house back that's not only been broken up because they're taking it out of their deposit. I'm using air quotes here. And then they leave it a filthy mess on yeah, top of it. Yeah, and then it so, costs you way more than $1,000 to fix right. everything because they were misjudging on what it was going to cost to fix things. Right. So we're. I didn't mean to dog the long term. We're, we're having a conversation about long term versus short term. I just have experiences that I'm sharing. Long term people versus short term people. There's um, advantages. You know, there's there's less turnover, you know, easier to manage. Uh, you get the consistent income, uh, you know, but there does come with some disadvantages, you know, and that, that really comes at the the end of that stay when you're getting back in. And not to say there aren't great long-term tenants mm-hmm. out there for sure, uh, but, uh, you know, I guess both Ryan and I would agree that we're willing to take the risk to do short-term right. uh, versus long-term, but we'll have a whole episode about the challenges that come with short-term and the challenges that come with long-term yeah. rentals. And that'll right. be coming up soon. I, I personally find short-term rentals to be more fun. And yeah, you get to meet more and people. And it's like uh, long-term is, is kind of slow money too. Yeah. Long-term rentals are slow money. Yes, yep. you'll make money. Yes, you'll have a guaranteed income. That's true. But it's it's just, it's like molasses or, or like water. Like which one's going to flow faster? I mean, I see the short-term rental as the, as the flow, right? Yeah. Money's coming in. There's deposits every three or four days. Well, I think with the way often. Airbnb is growing and, and over the course of the next you know, 10 years that they will take a huge significant portion of that hotel market away, which leaves you, uh, all the people looking at short-term rentals right now or owning them, it leaves you that much more potential to succeed. Yeah. And we've got an episode coming up about, uh, with an individual that was new to Airbnb and that is not uncommon. There's, there's people with no reviews and no experience dipping into it now. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's, it's not going away anytime soon. It's not going to go down. It's only going to increase. So 
keep it in mind as uh, keep all those factors in mind as you make a decision on whether or not to flip your long term rental into short term or vice versa. In the meantime, uh, hit us up on Instagram, Vacation Rental Insiders. Like and subscribe to the podcast. And uh, uh, between now and then, be the best host you can be and go get that money. Go get that money. Thanks for listening to the Vacation Rental Insiders podcast. Please remember to rate us so other smart people just like you can find us. And hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be the best host you can be.